0: How is everybody doing? And welcome back for another Strength Chat episode. Today, I have got a very special guest for you. Today, I'm joined by the founder of JST Compete. He's also the first UK athlete to qualify for the CrossFit Games. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Steve Fawcett. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm not so bad. Um, Thanks a lot for taking the time to to jump on. Um, How are you? What's been happening in your world?
1: Yeah, good. Um, just busy, busy few months, really. The um, Obviously, the competition scene's back up uh, on the go with, with a bang, really. Well, you'll know if you look around our competitions every weekend. So we've got you know, training days, competitions, seminars. Like The weekends are busy, the midweek's busy. So just trying to keep a balance of everything uh, and trying not to overwork myself at the same time. So, yeah, it's a juggling act, to
0: say the least. Yeah, definitely, especially for having for a lot of people, so long where it's kind of like, uh, we've still got a couple of weeks, we've still got a couple of months until until, until things are back up. Uh, are yeah. you enjoying it though? Is it, you know, a good busy to have all these things going on? Yeah, yeah. It's, like I say,
1: it's, it's always a balance. Like you can, you can do the things that you really, really enjoy, but if, you, if you're doing them all, all the time and like, it just, sometimes it's a bit stale. So it's just keeping a balance of like sometimes to myself and the, the family and stuff like I enjoy as well and then, that'll then help keep the motivation for like, you know, work and business and training. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, enjoying it. It's going well, business is going that right direction, enjoying training. Yeah. Just enjoying life full
0: stop. Oh, good. And how was everything? Um, because obviously I know I, I, I kind of always want to touch on this mainly as well because of the, the gym that I work in, in terms of, you know, we've come, Back in sort of like um, full steam ahead, things are getting back to normal. More people coming back to the gym. Um, I know for like the powerlifting and weightlifting competitions, CrossFit competitions are getting back as well. How are things? You know, how were things sort of over the last year and a year and a half? Been was it too much of a change with the online training side of things? You know, did it or did it give you time to work on other areas that you maybe didn't have time to do? What's the what's the last year and a bit been like?
1: um so obviously being an online like you no know, coaching service it, it didn't t- change too much in the beginning also it was it was all a bit un- un- unknown wasn't it in the beginning none really had a bit of clues a bit of panic going around um so the first month or so was it was a bit strange and then it just kind of like people realize they still train they need that you know hour or two that they've got at home they've got a bit of kit that they need it to themselves to be able to keep saying because they're just sat in the house all day. So um, things just went as normal. The one thing that we couldn't do, which is what we really en- enjoy doing, although being an online service is like seeing seeing the athletes and like coaching them, going to like, running super Saturdays and training days and going to competitions, running training camps, which were all things that were you know that we've got lined up for the next 12 months but we had lined up for the last two years of like running training camps and workshops and um that's like a big area for us as well but obviously that just got put on on hold. Um but yeah well, like we like you said, we adapted and just give us more time to kind of have to kind of change um the approach we had with some of the programs. Obviously the format of the CrossFit season was up in the air no one really had a clue. So it was just a way of for us, it was just keeping the athletes there, that are on with us um, motivated, keep them in, interested, make sure that they're not just getting fed up of, you know, training in the, the living room in front of the car. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. And yeah, I'm, I'm very much, I was very much looking forward to the point where gyms and competitions back open and I can actually get back to what our classes you know, real work. We're a com- we're an online programme for competitive athletes. So we need competitions. Like, we need... People need to be, like, in gym training. There's only so long you can do squat thrusts and mountain climbers and burpees in, in your front rear,
0: isn't there, before? Yeah, you, absolutely. I think like, you said it there, you know, keeping people interested because I know for me there was at some points where it's like, you know, we learned kit out from the gym and I actually forgot to get some kit for myself. So I think I got... um I got a strongman log um, and then two kettlebells. And I was like, that was the only thing that we kind of had left, left in the gym. But even still, there's only so much that you can do with a log and two kettlebells before you think, yeah, do you know what? Actually we're getting a little bit, a little bit, a little bit fed up here Um, because you know, there's only, there's only so much that, that, that you can do. Um, Obviously, you did a little bit of an introduction there, and you've mentioned about the, the online training side of things. Um, for anyone who might not know your background, you know, your own sort of uh, uh, competing, but then also, you know, getting involved in coaching. Just want to give a little bit of a background to yourself. Um, yeah, so first found found
1: CrossFit in 2010. Yeah, 2010. Um, and because of the resources back then, there wasn't really much out there in terms of like help for coaching there was the CrossFit journal and there was like little bits here and there on YouTube but really not the level of you know resources that there are now so it was very much kind of as I learned and naturally always like passed on to to other people that I'd, I'd kind of like convinced to get into CrossFit so it was like I would learn something do something and then straight away it'd be like coaching what i just learned um so my, my, my entry into CrossFit was very much kind of like athlete and coach very much at the same time, um, which is great. So then I always had that uh, mindset of, as I was learning, as I was learning things as an athlete, I was always like thinking, you know, how could I apply this to other people, blah, blah, blah. And it really made, made me like remember everything that I did learn. Um, but yeah, then th- through the years, I, there was a, a much more... Um, a much bigger emphasis on competing as as myself, um, especially for the first five years and over the years of progressing kind of up the the rankings, making regionals. I made regionals 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15. And then it was 2015 that I got my um, first qualification uh, as an individual for the CrossFit Games. Um, So that was like a big five years and I learned a lot in that five years ago, it was kind of, I've said it a few times just recently, like very much like the trial and error generation of CrossFit, where because there wasn't that much there, like you do things wrong, you learn from it. Um, but I think that's just made, you know, there's a lot of like girls and and guys that are my age now that have been through a similar, uh, process that are just like great coaches because of that. Um, yeah. And then from 2015, um, continued progress I got as an athlete I was injured through 2016 got injured at regionals and then just felt like I needed a little bit of like a, a change of dimension a change of like focus and then pursued team for the next few years um, qualified for sorry can you hear that background music there uh, a little bit Jim <laughs> has just absolutely pumped up the music big time <laughs> If it's too loud, then tell me and I can try and find to my uh, headset. Um, yeah, 2017, we were then the first British team um, to make the CrossFit Games as well. Um, and then year out, 2018, I had the child, put a bit more time into business. Um, and then 2019, went back in a team, uh, a team again. And from that point, really, it's kind of been stalemate mate. It's not really too much has happened. I've done a lot of competitions here and there. But to be honest, it's just been my, the emphasis from that point has really gone into more running the business and coaching. And my training from that point is kind of, I get it in, it's a bonus, but it's kind of I'll train to the point where I'm happy to train. Whereas as an athlete, sometimes you have to train past, past that point to, you know, to, yeah to develop. Um, I think it's always that
0: thing of especially when it comes to competition and thinking about that next level there's always sort of maybe sac- i don't know whether sacrifice is that is the right is the right word in terms of time and other things that you, that yeah, you've got to put yeah. into it and one of the biggest things that you that you said there which i think is you know interesting, especially as a you know as a coach myself is you know you learn something and then the best way to you know i know I do it myself to understand it yourself but then to yeah. also uh, explain it better to clients. Is to do it yourself, learn it, and then and then teach it, and then teach it, straight, yep. teach, it teach it straight, teach it straight away. Um, obviously, you touched on when we were when we were chatting at the beginning there. You know, um, the the biggest part of your coaching is you know you want to train athletes, you want to train people who are, who are going to competitions from your own experience of you know going through regionals, going to the games, also doing you know the team as as well as the individual. With uh, JST compete. Getting people, especially now, getting back to getting competitions in 2019, putting more emphasis on the coaching side of things. What sort of the uh, foundation or system that your programs are based on, or from your experiences as, as well? Because you know we had a little bit of a, a little bit of a chat beforehand. Of you know you're getting quite a lot of you know people going going to competitions and they're doing well. So what's kind of the 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 basis of your of your of your programming to get them to the competitions and make sure that they're ready? Yeah, it's, good. it's a good question. It's
1: what we've actually put a lot of, what we have conversations about a lot and we're frequently trying to like, um, you know, sharpen up our, our system. Um, and basically, so, so for the group programme, so this is where kind of the majority of people that are under JST compete lie. So this isn't like the guys that are on an individual programme. Um, we have like, we have two, we have an off-season a bunch of programs and an in-season bunch of well, one program that's in-season, and the off-season are like the bias programs, so strength bias, engine bias, over all-rounder, and gymnastics bias, um, and they're very much like periodized year-round, so that they'll come round and they'll peak every every year, every twelve months, and that's for uh, around the uh, well through the open to quarter-final stage. And then after quarterfinals they'll restart and go again for the next season um and they're kind of like formatted and periodized so that you know the crossfit elements everything's kind of stripped down like you work through weaknesses you break things up like build like solid foundations and like correct any issues um and ideally spend a little bit of time away from getting to competition so that you can actually make worthwhile changes in those when you're on those off-season program um now At some point, some people might want to compete before or at a different time to the opening quarterfinals. Like I said, there's competition most weekends and a decent level at that that you can go to. Um, So the guys that are on the programme, usually they'll join and they'll pick one of these off-season programmes. But then we'll give them access to transfer onto the competition-ready programme, which is the in-season programme. When it comes to two to three months before the competition, so that they can start going through that. The competition ready program is competition phase training. So basically, like, like what you'd expect to come up against in in a CrossFit competition, like more like working towards the demands of the sport rather than like working on the weaknesses as you are, as an athlete. Um, and just get them sharp and ready and, and ready for CrossFit basically. Um, so it, there's the flexibility there to be able to use our on off season and in season. System to be able to structure your own um, your own yeah your own season best off competitions that you want that you want to do, Um, and then once you've done your competition, like let's say you have you might have three competitions that you want to do across three months, so you might stay on that competition ready program through that time, and then when you feel like yeah that's me that's enough I'm ready to work for next year, then you'll you'll come back and slip into the um, off season programs yeah. I think um, that
0: sometimes with the, with the programming side of things I think sometimes people think that it's either um training the competition or you know not 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 doing anything or you have to keep that level you know all the time whereas actually having that flexibility to 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 change to change in between i think yeah. is, I, I think is useful um, to be able to have that right okay like like what you mentioned there to work on your work on your weaknesses because there's so many um you know, skills and areas like what you've, their strengths, gymnastics, in terms of the, um, the, the competition phase with the, um, you know, getting them primed, getting them, re- getting them ready for a competition. How much is that dosage of all the specialist areas kind of, um, spread out a, a, a little bit more, or is it just sort of, you know, because I know there'll be similar things in, in each CrossFit event, but then thinking about, right what's going to be uh, how we're going to make sure that they are they are primed what's going to be that dosage across the program that kind of makes sense yeah i, I got
1: um the connection just as you're starting to ask the question there went a bit funny i don't think it's
0: hard. i just plugged my power in we want to just repeat the um uh, <laughs> it's, repeat. All right. <laughs> yeah. it's all right um when you, when you were mentioning there Obviously, you yeah. know, being able to have that, have that flexibility, sometimes it's just a case of all year round, people are going to prepare for a competition, whereas actually you need an off season to work on those weak areas and bring them up a little bit. Whereas, right, OK, we're going to go into a competition phase in terms of all the other specialist areas that you've mentioned. How is that dosage sort of um, spread out sort of across the competition phase? To get them to get them primed get, get, get them ready, because obviously to go from a specialist phase of just focusing on, on on strength to then be make sure that you know across the board you, you're going to be primed and ready to go yeah, and
1: the, the, the ideal way to, to follow the, the two systems for us would be that someone would follow the off season phase through a full cycle, and then when it peaks towards the open and quarter finals they then decide to compete for the next few months after that. So they do get the full 12 month kind of periodization and and, you know, the full 12 months of work on the weaknesses and whether it's strength or engine or whatever, they get the benefits of all that. And it's not just like, you know, do three months of it, then boom, cut that and go straight into competition. So there's like the full, like everything is just like working together and you're building on top of everything you're doing and then it's going to it. So that would be the ideal um, way in terms of, um, dosage when they go into pre-competition the focus of those competitions turns into more like what are the demands of competition which is usually quite well you'd hope um, is like an all-rounded um, approach like it's an all-rounded demand um, that the competition organisers are, are um, you know that's, that's their thought process when they're putting the events together so that's very much the process that we have to go through when we're writing that that program um and just bearing in mind like every element of competition as well it's not just about like how much strength training how much engine like how much skill work like how much crossfit it's it's dialing the skills of um of competition as well like getting used to doing workouts where you advance the barbell every every round and you have a little bit of like um a structured warm-up that you might have when you're at competition where you have to you know you warm up for 10 or 15 minutes and then you go five or 10 minutes where you don't get to do a great deal, like you're stuck in a pen or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a lot about, um, you know, sharpening up those like softer skills there where it's just a little bit of kind of just exposure. It would be mindset about like, rather about how to get used to these events because a lot of the time, um, that's a big battle of, of competition. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a... Uh, it, that's, that's the, the, the question that you asked is the, is the constant battle as a, as a coach and programmer to have like, am I doing too much of this, too little of that, you know, um, but it's always just kind of, we have a few of us, there's myself, Jack, uh, Phil Biscard and David Shrunk is, is coming on board in our like main programming team. So what that helps us with is, you know, one person will have the overriding like um, responsibility of a certain program. But then there's the other three people to ask questions and kind of like pick faults or like saying, Oh, why isn't doing that exercise? Or I feel like there's too much or too little of this. And because we ask questions amongst each other, then you know we make sure that the program that we that ends up getting published um, you know, is quite thoroughly th- um, thought through. Yeah.
0: I, um, I think that's what you need as sure, well. You know, we are I meeting mean, yeah, definitely you said there, you know, thought yeah. through and there's a there's a reason reason for what you're doing because it I think it's always going to be, you know, we could do this podcast, you know, a year down the line, it'll probably be the same thing of right, we're swapping and changing this, making sure that is it is it the right is it the right sort of thing. One of the one of the main things that you that you said there that I, yeah. I kind of want to touch on is the softer skills when it when it comes to when it comes to competition, because there is very much sort of um you know, you can train in the gym, you can still do the same movements, but then trying to replicate that on competition day is going to be, it's going to be slightly different because, you know, the programs might take you up to competition, but then maybe not include the competition day. It's kind of like, right, you've done all your prep. All right, well, what do I do come, come come competition day? Do you think that's why, you know, your, your programs and the amount of athletes that you get into these competitions and doing well at these competitions, is that the sort of uh, the, the difference, the, the the point of difference where you take into account, you know, uh, actually, right, what are we going to do on competition day? How are we going to make sure that, you know, you're, you're making sure that we've, we've got a proper warm-up and potentially, you know, managing the athlete outside of training as well, being like, right, okay, are we making sure that we're getting recovery and when we can and all those sort of things?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's, there's, there's so many areas to cover when you're at competition, but... Um, one thing that we do try and instill when when the following, you know, any of our programmes through the year is is helping athletes build an understanding of, of themselves because in CrossFit you, you are on the arena floor on your own. Um, you've got you and your judge. Your judge can't help you and your judge is there to count, count reps. Um, no one can make decisions for you on the competition floor. And sometimes even coaches are restricted to warm-up areas, like they might not be able to sit in a warm-up area so. Um, and, you know, and we can't go out there and coach every single one of our athletes that are on the program. Like, There's 400 people to look after. So a lot of it is kind of developing these skills and building an understanding of what to do when they're training in the gym. And when we can spend that time that they're on the program, like giving them the the advice, you know, passing on some experience that we've had as athletes so that when they get to the competition, they are a bit more in control of, what they know they need to do because they know themselves better, they know how long they usually take to warm up, they know the best like progressions of, of how to get how, how to warm up a certain exercise. Um, they know what to do as, as a cool down. And it's stuff that you know, the athlete knows that. They don't need a coach to the side of them. Um to you know hold the hand and, and do it. And I think giving them that kind of empowerment and ownership and responsibility, it gives more buy-in for the athlete and then they're more likely to, you know, be bought into the process and be able to apply themselves more as well. So no matter the level of athlete, whether on one of our uh, group programmes or individual, like we're constantly trying to instil that in them. Uh, and then us as coaches, you know, we don't have to do the whole handholding so much. We can actually like be there and coach and have more, uh, when, I, when we do communicate them, like be really effective and helpful with the knowledge that we're giving, giving them rather than trying to like waste our time telling them like, oh, you need to do this 10 minute warm up. And then we do these snatch pulls like that's the basic stuff that, you know, they, they should know. So then we go re- really go into detail at competition. With, you know, strategy, tactics, you know, mindset, and rather than like having to then like throw strategy, mindset, and tactics at them, be then like trying to tell them all the basics, and it just be all like overwhelming. Competition's overwhelming as it is, so it's kind of like a year-round process to kind of like build an athlete to that competition mindset and make sure that they're, they're training those skills. Um, is like I say, soft skills year round, um, so that when you get to competition, like D- David Shrunk is a great, a great example. I don't know if anyone's ever kind of watched him compete or seen him train, watch him in a warm-up area. Just like I'd I would always recommend to anyone, like if you get the opportunity to, is at competition, just like watch him for a day, if without it being creepy, because <laughs> um, he's just that—that's him—is—is is, is that switched on, and that's why. You know that's why he did so well um, in that game. That game season when he when he qualified because everything was just fully di- dialed in year round. Um, just you can tell he was just sharp. His brain, his, his mind was sharp as well as his body to make the right decisions at the right time. Um, and that's a big part of it is 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 kind of his decision decision making. I'm sure I saw a fact the other day that. Someone makes th- you make 35,000 decisions a day, um, and also there's a lot of decisions you've got to make. And when it's competition, you yeah. have probably got a lot more to make. Um, so it's if you can make sure that every decision is, is the right one, yeah. um, you know, you set yourself up to maximize your, you know, your maximum your maximal
0: potential as an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And as well, I think on a competition day, because you've got the adrenaline and all those other things, you know, starting worrying about not, make, or, you know, not making a decision and worrying about it. You're actually, you know, not being as, a, as efficient with your time. And I think as well, you know, a couple of things you said, that the, the basics, which, you know, they've gone through a warm-up in, in training. They know how to warm up. They know how to, how, to get, how to get themselves sorted. I think it's that as, you know, working together as a team and the, and the athlete meeting you, sort of sort of in the middle rather than the coach trying to you know take them through you know a, a, you know absolutely absolutely everything in terms of the when you're talking about you know a year round process yes. to get the athlete you know ready for competition what are your thoughts on you know uh, when athletes potentially aren't that ready for competition and how do you ha- how do you have that conversation of right okay maybe you know we need to work on some things to get them up to the performance Level, even though decision making, there might be, that might be, you know, uh, pretty good. We need to bring the performance up a a little bit more. Or on the flip side of that, is it a case of right? We need a couple more competitions underneath your belt just to refine those skills a little bit more. Not bothered about you know uh, placing or anything like that. Just getting used to that environment of that of that competitive environment. If that kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I come across so, so many athletes that are like physically. Like gifted, talented, but not even like they've worked that hard that they're strong, they're fit, they move well. Um, and still, so sometimes it doesn't, it, it's not transferring on, on the competition floor. Um, and a phase that we've used a lot over the last 12 months, I think I first came uh, um, aware of it. It's a Gareth Southgate podcast on high performance podcast and just oh, an yeah. emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, emotional intelligence. So just like always being able to process your emotions in a way where it keeps you on the path, like it keeps you on, on the right path, whether they're like, you know, you know, good emotions or bad emotions. Like if you're really excited and really happy and you chuck your performance, it's then just like not letting that like bring you away from keeping level-headed and like next next event or or next training session, or if you're down in the dumps, like, you know, you're pissed off, you're upset, because something's not going well, then you're also trying to see, like, some positives to bring yourself back up. And you're always trying to use the emotions that you're going through in a way to keep you on this, on, on, on the path. And I think that's a big part of, especially a competition weekend. Everyone has great events, everyone has crap events, and it's just always how you can just kind of reset, reframe, and make sure it, like nothing, nothing from a previous event is being carried over um, in a negative way to the next event. Um, so that's like a big, a big part of it. And you know, emotional intelligence does just come with it comes with ex- experience of doing a few competitions. Um, it comes a lot more from you know the way that you're training. I feel like what you're doing in training and how you're understanding yourself day to day, so that when it does come to the competition, like I said before, you're able to make, you know, these logical, uh, irrational irration- uh, decisions, um, because it's come- everything that you, every decision you're making has been based off like, all of these decisions that you've made, um, you know, in the last what, years of, few years of training. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah, sometimes it is. Like, this athlete is maybe, I was, I'd say someone like um, uh, Ella Wilkinson, for example. Um, is, ve- is like She's got a great mindset when it comes around to competition. Um, you can tell, like, in the last time I watched her ultra games, like you can tell that's where she's, she's comfortable being there. Yeah. Uh, and she's, she's, And she's fine and she can... She can go event to event and, you know, keep a level head. And it simply is physically, we just need to add 10 to 15 kilos and make make it stronger. And you know that she'll be at that level if she maintains the kind of current mindset that she's got. Um, I think it goes to show how
0: sort of powerful that, that mindset side of things is.
1: Yeah, it is. And yeah, well... I listen to the high performance podcast quite a lot. And a lot of the stuff is, is about that. Um, when they talk about high performance, re- rarely are they talking about like all the type of training that you need to do, whether it's just the direction that the, the, um, the hosts go with the podcast or not. But the coaches and the athletes, they're always talking about like how they deal with loss, how they deal with like success and how, you know, how they keep, keep the high performance kind of like event after event, year after year.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's interesting sorry, I think it's, it's a big part of the whole. yeah I think when you talk about high performance everyone thinks about it's a little bit similar when you talk about you know, strength and conditioning that it's the programme that's going you know, to set, set things apart whereas actually you know, it's that case of um, it's everything outside of the gym as well that's going to that's, that's gonna be important yes the programme plays a part but it's recovery, it's mindset it's all those, all those other things that are going to be important do you think, especially with the different events that would come up in 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 a, a CrossFit competition, do, do you think that's where sometimes people go wrong? Is that the influence, you know, one bad event an influence on the on the rest of the uh, of, of, of the rest of the the competition?
1: Um, yeah, I do. I do feel like that's definitely where. Um, a lot of athletes fall short, whether it's because of a bad event or what um, a judge has said, what a judge has done, like maybe, you know, something that's happened in the competition, maybe something another competitor has said, like just being able to always just like, just block out any irre- irrelevant, like identify irrelevant information and block it out straight away and so it doesn't even like come close. Is, it is a is a skill. And I think because CrossFit is, it's so accessible to get into, like you can literally get into it from no previous sporting background and get to a decent, uh, a decent level, you know, a decent level comp- competition. And I usually find it is these athletes that haven't been a, in a team or a sporting environment from seven or eight years old until they were twenty-five. Like they've not. If these athletes are getting into crossfit when they're twenty, and it's the first bit of competitive exercise they've ever done. I don't think it's, I feel it's a little bit harder to be able to process um, like information like that when, when you've learnt it from like an eight years old, it just becomes a normal,
0: you know, what's right and wrong to say and think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially from, you know, usually, you know, a, a lot of people will get involved in team sports at a young age, whether it's rugby, football, hockey, or, or, or anything like that. Or maybe potentially even, you know, athletics, uh, athletics when you get to school. And, you know, it's one of those things of you learn you know, competition in some form at, at, at an early age, whereas, you know, if you're a little bit older, not done much and then want to try and, you know, get a bit fitter, get a little bit healthier and then, you know, develop that competition uh, mindset, sometimes it can be, it can be hard, hard to, you know, uh, know how to deal with that. One of the things that you also mentioned there that, I, you know, right. I just wanted to touch on is mentioning about um, training as though you're gonna gonna going to compete. And I just wanted to see what your thoughts, yeah. because you know when you're training, you're in your own gym, you're in your own environment, you've got your own barbells, you're used to people, people around you. Whereas a competition, probably a different gym, maybe different, uh, maybe it's slightly different equipment to what, to what you've used before. What's kind of how do you manage the athletes in in that respect? Because there's going to be that element of you're in a comfortable environment, you can have a laugh and a joke, we we are friends, but then equally there needs to be that element of look in. 12 weeks time 8 weeks time or however long there's going to be there's going to be a competition at the end of it and that needs to be a thought process still at the still at the back of your mind how do you sort of put that across in yeah. terms of your coaching
1: it's um it's it's a balance isn't it it's because when you're at a competition you're at, you're trying to get the athlete to think about, you know, how they think when they're in the gym, like day to day, like perform and execute this, how you would do if it was just a, the rig and the barbell and you're in the gym environment. Uh, and then in training, you're trying to make them think, oh, like execute this and imagine you're at com- competition. So it's very much just trying to keep the same mindset and carry on the same mindset when you're in training as to when you're in competition rather than, oh, this is, this is my training environment, that's the competition. The two common areas, that training and competition, is that, yeah, yeah, it might be a a slightly different barbell. Let's be honest, every barbell is pretty much exactly the same, unless it's about 30 years old. (laughs) All the plates weigh the exact same. The kettlebell's the same. The dumbbell's the same. The The rig is probably similar, might be a little bit different in in terms of feeling your hand, but everything's exactly the same. Like You're the same person in training. You're the same person at competition. So it's like all these things that are like... The same in training, the same in competition is just um, like being aware of them and like, and blocking out everything, everything else. Yeah. Like I said earlier, like in training, yeah, you might start like setting up the format of your workout a little bit different. So you know, you maybe have to move, don't know if you watch any of the YouTube videos, but you have to move a cone every round, just so you get into that mind frame and you don't suddenly lose five seconds in an event or competition because you forgot to move your marker. Um so like it, fine tuning that those areas there, so it mimics competition, but not kind of like blowing up that when you get to competition, there's going to be like all these people, all these lanes. It's still literally just about yourself, the rig, or whatever the exercise is, the rower. Like everything's exactly the same in competition as is in, in training. So your approach to it needs, you know, needs to be the same. Um, and that's very much just like something that clicked for me. Um, 2015, the first event of regionals. So I've said I'd won the opening in 2015 in Europe and I was like, it was going in and I was like, I knew that this was, if this was the year that, if there was a year that I was going to make it to the Games, like it was, it was that one. Like it, I would put a lot of time in, like leading up to, to that competition. It was the first event and it was, and it was Randy. Um, so 75 pounds the time, at 35 kilos. And we're, we'll, we're warming up and just like, I've, I must have done this event a hundred times in my head in the last week alone um just going through it and a couple of times physically in training and I was just getting like that just like nervous and just anxious of like the event coming up and it was just this point where I was I was stood in the um the carousels I was in like the, the middle lane Dave Cashel came come over and give me a fist point as this thought of just then and just like right, just stop a minute. What, what are you actually doing right now? Like, what do you actually have to go and have to do? You only have to go and do 75 power snatches as fast as you can. It's going to take three minutes. It's like, I'll literally do this, done versions of this, harder versions, easier versions of this, like, for years. It's just like, take away everything else and it's just me and a barbell and a Linux power snatches and just take, take away the, the uh, environment the situation like what any, everything means and just focus on you know moving this barbell 75 times from the floor to, to above my head and just really like breaking it down into that some simple thought simplistic thought, thought of, of just actually what's the task and let's just do the task and maybe they break that task up maybe 75 power snatches i just gonna do you move the bar every 25 at uh, 25 reps. So, so, so I've actually actually only got to go out. I've got to run 10 meters from the bar and do 25 reps. And once I've done that, I've got to do another 25. Once I've done that, I'll do another 25. And then I've got to run 30 metres to the finish line, which actually turned out to be the hardest part of the fucking <laughs> <laughs> But it's just like, to break it up to really small manageable chunks, um, that it's just like, you know, nothing can go wrong. I can't, I can't mess, you know, you can't mess that up. If, if you break it down into those easy manageable chunks, not, I'm not going to mess up running 10 yards to a, to a barbell. I'm not going to mess up doing 25 snatches at 35 kilos and then I'm just going to do that two more times and then I've got to run to the finish line. It's just, when you just put, you when you break events up like that, you suddenly stop forgetting about, like, there's actually 5,000 people here. Like, I need to, plen- I need to finish uh, in this ranking to keep myself in contention for qualifications, for CrossFit Games. When you start thinking about all that stuff, that's when your performance, your mind is not thinking about the 75 power snatches. It's thinking about, like, what could go wrong and you're just not fully like, you know, associated in zoning to uh, to executing
0: the actual event itself. Um, um, I think it was good you sorry, saying there about that. your uh, about your own about your own experience about what was your sort of like light bulb moment of hang on a minute, you know what what what's got what's going on here? Um, because you know ultimately yeah. it is you did that workout however many times in the past. We're just doing the same. The only difference is is like what you say there's five thousand people people watching you however you're just going to be focusing on right this is this is what i need to do and what i like about that is it's kind of you know simplified it down to be like you know when you before you mentioned about your example barbells are always going to be be the same the plates are nine times out of ten going to be the same like you know there isn't going to be not all of a sudden it's going to be wow there's this completely different barbell that no one's ever used before that they're going to they're going to use in competition it's usually pretty much the same just on that, because yeah. there can sometimes be a trainer thought of, um, you know, trying to be competition specific in training and trying to do something different to make sure that oh yeah, if we do this magic trick, this is going to get you set up. Whereas actually, is that just a load of rubbish? Is it just a case of look, you know how to do the workouts, you know how to do know how to do the technique, execute that rather than trying to replicate something that realistically. It it ain't gonna happen. You can't replicate a competition, you know, in 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 a gym. If that if that makes sense,
1: yeah. Like you know, and leading up to a competition, you do you do want to to start like homing in like a bit more competition pressure. So you gradually expose them expose them to that, um, and it just helps get that extra like competition intensity leading up to competition. But yeah, if you're having the mindset of like breaking down and, and focusing on your effort and your execution. And that's your mindset for every single workout that you've done for the last few years. You're more likely to carry that mindset over and when it is on the competition floor. Whereas if, you know, if your mindset is, is, is thinking about oh, blowing this like, the competition up to be like, you know, this, this amazing, this big thing. And there's going to be like loads of people there, loads of noise. And, and it's going to be like totally different to training. Then it, then it will feel totally different to training. It's about rep, the best athletes will be able to perform exactly how they can in training when they're in on they're on the competition floor. And I felt like that was something I was always quite um, good at as an athlete was when I needed to, I could dial in that competition intensity for any on any given day that it was needed. I wouldn't do it every training day. Um, but if I needed to, then, you know, I would spend that bit more time and you know, be able to execute something as, as well as I put in my gym at, and at the same level uh, competition and some people are the other way are the other way around where they struggle in training to execute something as well as they can when they're in competition. So for some people it's the other way around, like they've got to try and, you know, take what they do in competition and how they prepare there and the mindset they have and how they approach it and replicate that in training so that when they do so that, you know, they're replicating that more in training, getting more out of the training sessions to push them to level to be able to to compete um, to a higher standard when when they get to competition. So I see some people it's the other way around. You, you probably know someone. You could probably think of someone that always performs better at competition than they do in training. Yeah, me. Uh, <laughs> and there's always someone who always competes better in training than competition. And it's um, you know it's the
0: same approach just just reversed. Um, yeah. I think with that as well, it, it, it did, that doesn't mean to say that one way is better or better or worse than the other because they're still performing they're still performing on the uh, on the on the competition day and I know obviously starting out with this um uh, with this chat about you know the programming side of things and actually as we've gravitated more more towards it in terms of you know because ultimately the success and failure of you know how training has been going is what happens on you know competition day you know how, how how did it go and then your training is right what do we need to work on and part of that is sometimes you know developing the mindset which we which we've touched on uh, you know throughout this chat the the kind of the uh, uh, you know rounding up what we what we've chatted about there speaking about right you know getting things in place making sure that we how we how we're training that's going to replicate how we're gonna how we're gonna perform what are sort of your um, go to habits or processes to make sure that you know the athletes that you work with and yourself are always developing success. And building on competition competition, making sure that you know what we're doing in training is making sure that we're setting ourselves up for, for success what are your sort of your go-to um, habits or processes that you like to use in your own training but also with the athletes that you work with
1: yeah and again this an area that I felt was probably my strength as an athlete was was this it was always kind of always like relaying to myself, like, and I did this in my own head as an athlete and I probably should have like wrote more, more of it down to have a better effect. But um, it was always making sure that something was learned from every training session in terms of like, you always gain an understanding of, of what you are. How many reps can you do under this amount of fatigue? How many reps can we do under more or less fatigue when it's coupled with this exercise or that exercise or, you know, so many like late performance like after three days of training on this exercise when I've done like what's performance like in snatch when I've done deadlifts the day, day before, like always just being aware of like little things that about your body that you need to be, keep on top of. Like an example for me was that, as like when I did deadlift heavy, I would always have a knock on, it would always have a knock on effect to me in certain exercises for the next few days. So like, right, well, what do I need to do when I've done that heavy deadlift session to make sure that knock-on, it doesn't have as much of a knock-on effect, so my training performance is always stay high, and I can carry that through into competition if there is heavy deadlifts in, you know, an event. Um, so it's always just kind of like, in terms of the athletes, it's always making sure that they're not just opening the phone looking at the programme, doing the programme, and just, like, closing it off, like, and just just physically doing the, the program. Like, they're always kind of thinking about how they're going to do things before, making a little bit of a plan. We have, a, like, a, a mindset journal on JS to Compete, which all the athletes have access to in it. It's basically just encouraging them to do that, like, before the session, before the day, what do, they want to, what do they want to get out of it? Like, what's the goal? What's the plan of action? And then doing it, trying to achieve, like, what you've set out. If you did achieve it, great. How can you develop it? If you didn't achieve it, okay. How can you um, like switch up? How can you adjust it so that you do achieve it next time? Um, So it's always just kind of like keeping that constant thought process um, of just like getting the athletes to be a bit more responsible with like what they're doing in training. It's like, yeah, they come to us for a program. We're going to give you the program, but we're not just about like a program open up your app and, and see it like it's the way that the training sessions are written and the notes put in there, like I said, the mindset journal and the advice that we give on the communication side of things—it's always trying to keep the athletes, um, yeah, in 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 that whole thought process of, you know, always just learning more about themselves to get the most the most yeah. out of them, I'll Transfer into better training sessions, and, and better training sessions over time
0: transfers into better results at competition. Yeah. Yeah, you, you kind of, uh, yeah, maybe preempted the last question that I usually ask, which is take home points and, uh, and words of wisdom. I thought that was a, a, a I, I mean, I still ask it because you might have some other, other pills that you might might throw out there as well. But I thought that was a good way to sort of sum up everything that we have talking about there. Because like I say, we started off talking about the programme, whereas actually, you know, when it comes to coaching, the programme is only is only one element of it. It's a little bit like when we were talking about you can take people through, you know, a warm up, but people know how to go, know how, will know how to go through a warm up, you know, whereas it's meeting in, meeting in the middle to be like, there's all these other, you know, um, uh, variables that are, are so important that can, you know, be that, um that separation between yeah you've done a program and you know you've you've maybe done everything that that's that's ticked off on there but are you actually closer to where you want to be because even though you have that program and then come to come to competition day if you don't have like what you mentioned at the start those you know softer skills in terms of how to block out you know unnecessary things that aren't going to keep you focused focused for training i i think i think is important and i think is sometimes an undervalued tool of you know it's not the program that Necessarily develop success, like what you mentioned about the high performance podcast. It's those things of being able to deal with failure, block things out, and just remember yeah. that you know you've done all these things in training before, it's not anything new, not, not anything crazy. Um, so the final question building on what you've said there, take home points or words of wisdom for everyone listening?
1: Um, for who's it directed at, just a, a, a competitive athlete or what we've we coaches um focus on your effort more than the outcome and the outcome the the outcome will be a byproduct of the effort but if you focus on on the outcome sometimes you might necessarily not
0: get the full effort yeah.
1: Um, so yeah effort over outcome
0: yeah i think that'll be it that'll be that'll be the slogan that'll be the slogan for the uh, for, for the episode yeah i um, Thanks a lot for taking the time to, to to jump on. I thought, and that's why you know we said at the start, you know, that's why I keep the keep the um, the the name of the podcast, Strength Chat, because there was a couple of avenues that we went down there, a couple a couple of tangents on which, actually, I think you know sometimes the questions that I ask might be you know what some of the listeners are, 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 are thinking as well, and realizing that you know there's loads of information, like what you said at the start. You know, when you first got in, got in CrossFit, there wasn't that much information out there. Whereas now there's lots of information on the programming and the training side of things. Whereas yeah. actually where sometimes people fall, fall short, and I'm sure you've seen it and people listening have seen it, where they've done everything that they can in terms of training, but then, you know, fall short on competition day. Or on the flip side of it, you know, they've got a real good, their mental game, if you like, and competition game, but we, they just need to push a little bit harder in training and, repl- and replicate that from there. Um, um, yeah. There's, there's like, the, there's like mindset's quite a big side
1: of it and, and sport. There's a lot out there, but I feel like it's that gray area to kind of link the, the two together of like training and, and mindset. Um, so it's like, it's not like two separate things. Like it's always the same thing together. Like it's, it's part of every training session, but it just becomes a natural, it's getting someone into that natural thought process rather than, them sitting down and going all right I've actually now got to do this one hour of mindset work and like thinking that and then switching from that and then going training it's just like a constant just process that's um
0: that's always happening and being refined yeah I think that's a skill in itself as well you know you talk about training as a as a skill and getting technique down but you know blending them together I think you know is uh, is that uh, I think when I sent over the question you know that the secret sauce of, of success if you like being able to blend that together a little bit more Um for everyone listening who might have any questions about what we've uh, chatted about today um, see the content that you put out there or you know even get involved in some uh, in, in coaching with you where can people find you or reach out to you
1: yeah, um, for anyone that's not on JST at the moment, the best way is probably just in Instagram, JST uh, at JST, underscore Compete. Anyone that's subscribed to us, we have the constant chats uh, going through on, on the Fitter app um, with, with DMs and, um, yeah, group chats there. So they're probably the best two places and we've got plenty of people on hand to get back to you in a decent time. So, uh, yeah, just drop us a message.
0: Awesome. Um Thanks a lot for taking the time uh, to jump on. Really, really enjoyed chatting with you. Thanks a lot to everyone listening, and I will catch up with you all next week.
1: Cheers,
0: Steve.